They are there to satisfy wants, not needs. Another example. If you need a new watch to tell the time accurately, you can choose a Timex or a hundred other brands. Less than $100 will put one on your wrist, and you may never be late for a meeting again. But if what you want is a $10,000 Rolex, your need no longer matters. Those examples are easy to understand, but much of selling involves needs and wants that are not nearly as clear-cut, and the product being sold is not nearly as pricey and complicated. You can probably recall situations where you went shopping for an item without knowing just what you needed or wanted. I'll know it when I see it, you may have told yourself. But depending on the size and complexity of the purchase, you were unlikely to see it without assistance of skilled salespeople. Their job is to identify and ensure that buyers understand both their needs and their wants and assist in making the best choice for that situation. If in your I-know-it-when-I-see-it shopping trip you returned with something that both fits your needs and your wants perfectly, you likely encountered a first-rate salesperson. Before a salesperson can address a customer's wants and needs, a connection between the seller and potential buyer must be established. In fact, it's much more than a linkage, even when measured in moments. The connections can be defined as a relationship of sorts. It hardly extends into a BFF kind of bond, but it needs to be revealing enough to provide the salesperson with an insight into some corners of the buyer's life. If this sounds intrusive or manipulative by the salesperson, it's not. It is, however, essential to the success of every qualified sale that is made. Here's how it works. At the close of the movie The Wolf of Wall Street, the lead character, played by Leonardo DiCaprio, is conducting a sales training course. He hands a pen to one of the young men hanging on his every word and says, Sell me this pen. When the man stumbles, unsure how to respond, DiCaprio's character yanks the pen away and hands it to another man, repeating his order, sell me this pen. The scene has become something of a party game. A pen or a drinking glass is thrust at a stranger who is ordered to sell me the pen, drinking glass, whatever. Most people respond by talking about the item they've been handed. It's a very nice pen, they may say with a clip for your pocket, and it writes with permanent blue ink, and... Or, this glass is designed to be easily held and sits very sturdily on a flat surface without falling over. The correct answer is not to talk about the pen or the drinking glass or the gizmo. It's to talk about the buyer and what he or she expects from the product. Before buyers need to know anything about the pen the salesperson needs to know something about the buyer. So the response to sell me this pen must be questions such as, how often do you use a pen? Do you use it to sign legal documents and on other formal occasions or just to jot down notes to yourself? How long have you been shopping for a pen? All of these, you'll notice, relate directly to the buyer, not the seller of the pen. That's why none of the questions refers to the price that the buyer plans to spend because that's a question more closely linked to the seller. How much commission can I make on this sale? How hard should I work at it based on how much the sale is worth to me? The 
buyer's answers may trigger new questions until the seller is prepared to say, based on what you've told me, I have a pen here that fits all your needs with a few special features you'll appreciate. The salesperson has done two things in this exchange. First, instead of jumping into a sales pitch, she has launched a qualifying session to match the buyer with the product. And second, as limited as it may appear at first glimpse, she has created a relationship with the customer who recognizes that the salesperson knows enough to make a realistic suggestion about the product. If this all sounds a little silly, that's because we're dealing with pens and drinking glasses, small and incidental things. But the basis still holds all across the spectrum of things being bought and sold. Change the pen to a house, for example, and the qualifying questions are similar. Only the dollar value has changed.